now, you can get your cup of coffee ready and your cinnamon bun, if that's what you do on a, on a Sunday morning. We're so glad that you're with us here this morning. Uh, my name is Matt, um, and, this, and this is Tanya, and this is our worship team, and we are so glad to be able to join you this morning to glorify God. He is the great God, and we have great expectations. Amen, Life Church. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to pray, and then we're going to spend some time in worship this morning. This is an opportunity for you to shift your mind, to, to think towards the things above and not on things of this earth. And so we're going to pray that this morning, and then we're going to stand together, and we're going to worship God. Amen? And we're going to glorify Him this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning for Your presence. We thank You that in Your presence there is fullness of joy. And we come this morning with great expectations because we serve a great God. We put our hope in You, Lord Jesus, and we believe that You are with us this morning to meet us right where we are at. God, we pray that we would not leave this place the same, but we'd be filled with Your presence in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's try clapping with that. Your love so great, Jesus in all things. I've seen a glimpse of your heart a billion years. Still I'll be singing. How can I praise you in love? Can I praise you enough? You are the Lord Almighty. I'll shine in all the stars in glory. Your love is like a wildest ocean. Oh, nothing else compares. Creation calls. All to the Savior, we are alive for your praise in earth and sky. No one is higher. Our God of wonders, you reign. Our God of wonders, you reign. You are the Lord. Love is like the wildest ocean. Oh, nothing else compares. You are, you are the Lord Almighty. I'll shine in all the stars in glory. Your love is like the wildest ocean. Oh, nothing else But to your name, we lift up all praise. Not to us, but to your name, we lift up all praise. Not to us, 
There's certain things in life that are constants. And one of the things that is a constant is the Bible says that you are good and you do good. And that means that regardless of whatever it is that we're facing, there is always the reality of the goodness of God. And I've heard testimonies of people who've been in prison, who've been locked up, who've been under stress and duress that have said one thing I know to be true is that God is still good. Yeah. He is a constant that we can rely on. And so this morning we declare His goodness. We declare it. When you sing the song this morning, you're declaring it not only over yourself, but over the people around you and prophesying to them that He is good. Because you might not be able to see it right now, but it is a constant that we can rely on. You are good and you do good. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait. 
I've tasted your goodness. I trust in your promise. I'm gonna wait on you. Wait on.
expectations Great expectations For you are good You are good Great expectations Great expectations
Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 10 says, Thus saith the Lord, Again there shall be heard in this place, of which you say, It is desolate, without man, without beast. In the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, that are desolate, without man, and without inhabitant, and without beast, this is what will be heard. The voice of joy, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, Praise the Lord of the hosts. For the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. And of those who bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause the captives of the land to return as that was at first, says the Lord. And boy, you go outside now, you go around our cities, and it seems like it's desolate at times. And maybe the hearts of the people are desolate, and they're wondering, what, what is my future? What, what does it look like? What is it going to be? But the Lord is saying, as we worship, as we praise, as we lay the foundation of the Word of God, of praise and worship and understanding the purposes of God, this house will fill this house will fill again, and it will fill again, and again, and again, as people come searching for that hope, searching for that purpose in life that can only be found in the name of Jesus. And so as we praise and as we worship, just as we were prophesying over people in our area and in our, our seating capacities, areas and stuff, this is going out into the city. This is going out into the, the nations as we worship and declare that God is good. When we were worshiping, be lifted up and be lifted higher. I just had reminded me, Doug and I, um, we were in Palm Springs and we were, we were hiking and we were going up this, this mountain. And it was hot, and I was tired, and I was scared of snakes. And I didn't want to keep going up. And Dag's like, come on, hon, keep going. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, oh, I need to sit down. And silly me, I forgot water, and I forgot to have, you know, snack bars or whatever. And my legs are cramping. And come on, hon, let's go, let's go. And he kept encouraging me, go, go, go. When we got to the top, the view. When we got to the top, the fresh air. When we got to the top, I was like, Oh my goodness, this was worth it. This was worth every push. This was worth every prod. This was worth everything. And I feel like now God is calling us, go to the top. It's not going to be easy, but God is with you every step of the way. And God is pushing and prodding, whether it be through your husband or your kids or your church or whether through reading your word or whether it be through praying in the Holy Spirit. God is lifting us up. And when we lift him higher, the view from the top. When we lift him higher, we don't smell the smog. We don't see the stuff that's going on down below. We see Jesus. We see his glory. We see his kingdom. When we see the view from the top, we see Jesus. Come on, let's just sing Be Lifted Up. Be lifted up Be lifted higher 
Also saw lifted higher and as we pray as we sing lift him higher the flame of that word goes around the world and I saw every country and named every country in this world to bow their knee to the name of Jesus it's going to happen he's promised it it's going to happen as we pray as we intercede revival was the word that I got revival 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 around this world come Lord Jesus come above our circumstances, above our problems, above our sicknesses, above those barriers in front of us. Lord, when we lift you up, you come and meet us and you bring the breakthrough. You bring the breakthrough. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that you have met with us. You have spoken to us. Lord, we love you. Lord, we adore you. You are beautiful. You are beautiful and so, so good. 
In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Isn't God so, so good? So good. Amen. Yes, he is so good. He just shows up. You know, you may have come in here and distracted or tired or a little bit dragging or maybe even just not even knowing why you're here this morning, but you're here. And maybe online, you just stumbled upon this too. And, and I just pray that you have had an encounter with King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. And he, when he walks into the room, everything changes. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to pray for our children. I see children lining the walls. I see children here. Kids, can you all stand up? Every kid. So that's like little ones, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, babies. Lift up your babies. All right. Everyone, Lord, we thank you so much for this next generation that is rising up to serve you, to love you, to proclaim who you are in their classrooms, in their sport, on their sports teams, wherever they are, Lord Jesus. These are your lighthouses, your lampposts, Lord Jesus. And Father, we just thank you for these kids. Father, we just pray that this morning, as they are in their classrooms, Lord Jesus, that you would meet them. Father, we thank you for the teachers that are giving of their time and pouring into the kids. Father, I just pray that you would have your way in every classroom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so kids and family, parents, you can bring your kids through those double doors. You can sign your kids in. If you're not sure where they go, um, they're all the... Jessica, our kids coordinator, will be there to show you. But we've switched some of the rooms around. I know some of you are here for the first time in this building since pre-COVID, and um, all rooms are in this wing. So kids, moms, dads, bring your kids there. And the rest of us, you got two minutes just to kind of say hello, say, and remember, just let's be mindful of COVID. Hugs probably are not the best thing, so maybe a little tap or just a, a hello and a smile. All right?
All right, let's all gather together. Promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. You can continue the conversation after the service. We're so glad that you guys are here today. We're so grateful for every one of you here today. And I really believe that there's no accidents here today. Uh, again, I just wanted to welcome you to Life Church this morning. All those that are online that are joining us right now, Pastor Mike and Ev, I hope that croissant is spectacular because they are in Montreal right now, and you can comment on that right now in the chat if you want to. Uh, but all those that are on the chat and all those that are here in person, we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, my name is Matt. This is Tanya over here, and we are the lead pastors of Life Church. Yes! 
And in case you're wondering why people are cheering, this is our first Sunday as lead pastors at the church. And actually, we just wanted to say, I just wanted to say on behalf of Tanya and I, how grateful we are to be here. Uh, as Regarding what happened last Sunday, again, how honored we are to be in this position today. Uh, we're humbled, and we recognize that we are a part of a legacy that goes far beyond us. That this church was founded many years ago, and we get to be the beneficiaries of that vision and that drive. Um, I just thought, I thought Dwight said it so eloquently last week when he was talking about, you know, walking out that last time thinking, is this the last time that I'm going to be turning out the lights? But guys, look what God did. Come on, we are here as a testimony to the fact that the glory of God is revealed in restoration. And this morning, I am so excited to begin to, to kick off a brand new sermon series, uh, something that, that we've been praying into for quite a while. And we're about to jump into a brand new sermon series called Values. Everybody say Values. Values. And over the next eight weeks, Pastor Tanya and I are going to be communicating to you and, and revealing to you our church values. And these are the values that we really felt that God had given us as we'd come over here. Just so you know the, the process of that, um, we actually arrived here at Life Church about two years ago. And prior to arriving here, we were very excited about the transition. We came from a church that we had been at for over 20 years serving in, uh, Southgate Church in Langley. Uh, Pastor Dave, of course, was here last week. Uh, that was very meaningful for us to have him here to, to pray over us and to put us in. But um, he was here last week. But we came from that church because we felt like God had called us here because he wanted to do something in this place. And as we began to pray about, God, what is that going to look like? God, what do you want for Life Church? Um, we began to feel that God started to place some thoughts in our hearts. And so what we did is we put those thoughts down on paper, and we held on to them. And we waited until about a year ago when we went through a process with Pastors Mike and Ev, as well as the elders of this church, and we started to communicate these things that God had given us and put in our hearts. And we wrote them down as values. We put those on paper, and Pastor Mike and Ev said, we really feel like what you guys need to do is you need to go away, and you need to pray about this, and you need to put it down, and then bring it back. And so that's what we did. Ta Pastor Tanya and I went away. We prayed about it. God clearly communicated to us what he wanted us to say, and then we came back, and we submitted it to our pastors, and we submitted it to the elders here. And we went through a process, because in order to have authority, you need to be under authority. And so we came under the authority of this body, and together we prayerfully submitted these values to them, and we went through a, a process, and these are the eight that we're going to begin to unleash to you over the next eight weeks, and I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. You do not want to miss any of them. Online, you don't want to miss these next eight weeks. But this morning, we're going to kick it off by talking about our purpose. Talking about our purpose. I love how this morning that word came forth about revival taking place in the world around us. Life Church, as we stand here today, as we come here today, we are a testimony of the reality of Jesus Christ. But we're not alone. Right now, as we meet here on this Sunday morning, there are people all around the world who are also gathering as a beacon of His light. There are people that have been gathering all around the world throughout the day and it, because obviously there's the time change and there's people that are gathering right now that are glorifying and lifting up the name of Jesus. And Life Church, we are a part of that. 
We are a part of what God is doing on this planet. And I was thinking about that before we came over here. I was praying about the church. I was, God, what do, you, what do you have for us? What do you want us to do? What is our purpose? And what is the thing that you have for us? And I really felt like God laid a thought in a, in a, in a, in a sermon on my heart. And so that is the sermon that I'm going to be preaching to you this morning. Are you ready? If I were to title this message, it would simply be Purpose. Purpose. What is the purpose that God has for us? This idea of values has to do with calling and purpose. And so this is what we're going to do is I'm going to um, unveil. Oh, it's here. <laughs> My big dramatic introduction. And there it is. So just read it. And get it inside of you. And then we're good. Don't just go home. We'll just go home. It's good. It's okay. Is there a Seahawks game today, Josiah? I don't know. There is? Okay. Yeah. So we can do that later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Our purpose statement is this. Go ahead, put it up there. We are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. What is Life Church? all about. If you want to know what Life Church is all about, if you want to know what God has put on our hearts as we begin to lead you into this next season, and you want to know, hey, what is it that's, that's burning in Matt, Pastor Matt and Tanya's hearts for our church as we move forward? It is simply this. We are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. I'm going to take a few seconds to unpack this idea for just a moment, and then we're going to dive into the scriptures. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And we're going to read a story from the scriptures, something that I really felt was on my heart as we came to Life Church. Um, but this idea here that we are here to care for and bring people to Jesus, this idea kind of came from a thought that I've kind of grown up with. And I've grown up in the church, I've been a follower of Jesus my whole life. And to be quite frank with you, I've always been a little bit intimidated by evangelism, by going out and reaching others. That idea, I, there's been, some, there's been some, uh, some pitfalls for sure. There's been a folly of, of attempts at trying to lead people to Jesus, whether it would be the, the girl in the sandbox who I told was going to hell when she was six years old. Yes, I did that. I did that. Uh, and then her mom had to come and rebuke me uh, for saying that to her daughter. Um, you know, I thought that was a good way to do it. Or whether I was 16 and the kid finally asked me about Jesus and I gave him a full-on theological survey from Genesis to Revelation where his eyes glazed over and he didn't quite get it. You know, regardless of what it is, at the end of the day, church, we don't save people. We don't save people. It's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. And Jesus is the one who saves. So as Life Church, what are we here to do? Are we here to glorify ourselves? No, we're not. Are we here to lift up our own name and make a big name for ourselves? We are Life Church. Yeah, look at our CD. No, that's not what we're here to do. We are here to lift up the name of Jesus. And his word says, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men to me. So what do we do? We care for people. And we bring them to Jesus because he's the one who can save and he's the one who can heal. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Here we go. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, nor even uh, uh, near the door. And he preached the word to them. I'm reading from two different translations, I just realized. I'm going to switch back to the NLT. 
And I'm going to read that one that's up on the screen, okay? When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. Even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. Somebody say, their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the law, religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that I, the son of man, have authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked through the stunned onlookers, and they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Life Church, may it be said of us, we have never seen anything like this before. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. God, we come under the authority of your word today, Lord Jesus, and we pray that you would speak to us. You would speak life and you would speak hope. God, you would speak peace and you would speak truth. God, that our words, uh, that, our, that my words would line up with your words this morning, Lord God, and you would help me to get out of the way so that you can come and do what you want to do, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we come with great expectations. And everyone said, amen. All right, so what's going on here? The Bible says that Jesus is returning to Capernaum, that he has already been there before. And indeed, in the book of Mark, we're told that prior to this this instance of Jesus coming to the city, he had been there once before. And he was in the synagogue and he was teaching the word of God when there was a man that came in front of him and began to distract everybody because he was demon possessed. And the Bible tells us that Jesus miraculously and dramatically uh, uh, set this man free from his demon possession. Words started to get around in the streets of Capernaum and people started to bring out their stick and their unhealthy to him. And all of a sudden, out of one instance, a revival broke out in the city. It grew to the point where there were so many people coming to him that he had to get away. So the Bible says that he went off on his own and tried to get away from the crowds. And the instance that we find here today with Jesus is that he is returning back to a place where he is known as the God of miracles. People come back in when they find out that he's there. And what he does strategically is he he positions himself inside of a home. He, he goes into a home, and the Bible says in, in um, Luke's account that the, the teachers of the law and the religious leaders and the doctors and the lawyers and the educated people of the area gathered from all the different surrounding communities, and they all came to hear Jesus speak the words of truth. They gather inside of a home, and word starts to get around. Hey, have you heard he's back? Yeah, I heard. Okay, let's go check it out. You know, you know, hey, hey, did you, did you hear that Jesus is back in town? Yeah, I heard, I heard that he's back in town. His word starts to spread like wildfire. And the Bible says immediately the home is packed to the point where you can't even get into the front door. You can picture a crowd of people surrounding a house. Something is going on. 
Jesus is in the house. You see, when Jesus comes to the house, that's when the crowds come. That's when the people come. When Jesus comes into the house, that's when the change comes. When Jesus comes into the house, that's when the healing and the life comes. And Jesus had come into the house and the people started to surround that home. They came up to the door and they, they were standing there and they were, they were blocking the way. And into that situation is where we meet our four heroes today. See, there's four friends. And they hear also that Jesus is in the house. And the Bible tells us that they, uh, they have a friend that is paralyzed. And they gather together and they decide that they're going to bring this man to Jesus. Doesn't matter how hard it's going to be. Doesn't matter the challenges that they might face. They're going to bring him to Jesus. And so they pick up his mat on four corners. And they put it on their shoulder. And they walk towards the house where Jesus is. And the first thing that they see is a crowd. People surrounding Jesus. Often when I read these stories, I like to try and think about, you know, who am I in this story? Right? Like when I'm reading the story, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what, what part do I play in this story? If I were to be in the story, how, where would I find myself? And I think a lot of times when we read these stories, we think to ourselves, I'm the hero, right? I'm one of the four guys that's bringing the man towards Jesus. But what if for a moment we imagine that we are actually the crowd? See, there was a crowd that was surrounding Jesus. And what if we imagine that that is in fact who we are? That we're the crowd and we've got great ex- intentions and we are going after Jesus. But in the meantime, we are missing the fact that there are people behind us who need Him. Church, may we never be so distracted with following Jesus internally that we forget that there's people all around us who need Him. This whole event could have been much simpler if people would have just recognized that there was somebody behind them that needed to get to Jesus and just moved out of the way and let him encounter Jesus for himself. We come to Jesus. We seek his face. We desire. We go after him. Why? It's not just for ourselves, but it's for the world around us. Church, when we gather here as a beacon to lift up the name of Jesus, it's not just for us, but it's for the world around us. We are a sign of his reality. We are a sign that God is really moving and working in the world. We are a sign of his faithfulness. We come here every Sunday. Why? Because God is faithful. We are a sign to the world around us. Amen? So these four friends... Here they are, they're facing this adversity, and they've got a moment here where they can choose. The four friends can choose to to move on. Okay, now this obviously obviously isn't going to happen today. They could have turned around and they could have gone back home, put him back in his his bed, left him there. Could have said, well, maybe Jesus will be back tomorrow, and we can do this tomorrow. But now we go back to these four friends. And for them, they had a choice to make. And they decided that they were going to do whatever it took to get into the presence of Jesus. That there was nothing that was going to hold them back. So here's, here's the next thing, church. Could we be a church 
that will not let anything hold us back from his presence. Not the crowds, not the the people around us. Nothing could hold us back. It's interesting that this requires some... um, uh, in, in, sorry, in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, it says, For God says, At the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Church, don't wait. Don't wait. Let's be a people that, that go after Jesus. Let's be a people that pursue his presence with an awareness that there are others around us that we are bringing along. Let's go after him. Let's go after him. So these four friends, what do they do? They have to get creative. They have to think outside the box. It took creativity to make their way, to get their friend up to where they could encounter Jesus. So what do they do? Well, we're told that they make their way up onto the roof. And what we understand is, a lot of the commentaries I read, is that these houses that were built in those days often would have a stairwell leading up to the back of the house, uh, off the back of the house, up to the roof. And they would use that as a living space as well. And so these men made their way up around, up onto the roof, and brought their friend up there. This was very unprecedented. This was not normal. This is not something that you would normally see happening. Uh, they, they, They had to think way outside of the box. You know, church, maybe here in the next years, couple years, hundred years, I don't know, five years, hundred years, five years, two years, there may be some things that we do that might be a little bit different than we've done on a regular Sunday morning. But we're going to do whatever we need to to bring people to Jesus. We're going to bring people to Jesus because he's the one who saves. He's the one who heals. And we must not let our methodology keep us from the message. I've heard stories. I don't know this for myself, but I've heard stories that when we brought drums into the church... That was crazy, right? Like drums? Like dance hall music? Really? Or when we brought electric guitars into the church, that was, that was insane. What are we thinking? We've already had to be creative with this whole situation with COVID. You know what? Honestly, when we first came here, if you'd have said, Matt, we are going to have an online service, I would have been like, ha! <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's great. Yeah, but guess what? We have an online service. Because we're going to do whatever it takes to bring people to Jesus. We're going to do whatever it takes to create an atmosphere and create a space where people can encounter his presence. Why? Because we're not the one who saves and we're not the one who heals. He is. Amen? Amen. So they, 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 they rip through the roof. The Bible, in, in the book of Luke, it says that they pull off the tiles. Apparently there was tiles on the roof. Um, it, it, oftentimes they would create uh, spaces in between like we would today, and they would fill those up with grass and with, with mud and all sorts of things, and they rip all that off. It would have been messy. It would have been uh, uh, definitely not normal. And they rip their way through that roof to get their friend down. And they lower him down, probably homemade ropes all the way down, right onto the floor, right at Jesus' feet. I don't know about you, but like if I was in that room and I was one of those, you know, teachers of the religious religious laws, I probably would have been a little bit annoyed by this. 
Come on, we're right in the middle of a great uh, dissertation on, on Moses and whatever. You know, I, I, would have been, I would have been right there. I would have been thinking that. But not Jesus. What does Jesus do? The Bible says that Jesus looks up and admires their faith. You see, Jesus responds to faith. Sometimes it takes faith to reach out to others and see them change. He admires the faith of these people that brought the man to him. This is audacious faith. This is faith that agrees with God in spite of the fact that there's no apparent way that they can get him into his presence. And they take a step of faith, creative faith, and they step out and they open up that roof and they drop that man right into the presence of Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus looks up and he sees their faith and he admires it. And what does he do? He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, these four guys that just brought this man, went through all this stuff, figured it all out, had to work themselves around the, the crowds, figure out another way to get upstairs, work their way in through the roof, probably without tools, I'm guessing. They probably didn't have tools, probably just bare hands, ripping away this roof, and then, and then dropping this man down in there without dropping him. And what are they expecting? Hey, you're healed. It's all good. You can go. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because when we bring people to Jesus, he heals the whole person. See, it's not just a Band-Aid solution. It's not just, hey, you you can walk again, but your heart is still messed up. Your heart is still far from me. Jesus heals the whole person. When we bring people to Jesus, when we care for them and we bring them to Jesus, we bring them to him because we can't save people. We can't heal people, but he can and he heals the whole person. Starting with their heart. And then what does he do? He hears the murmurs, the room, going around. Whether it was verbal or not, it, it looks like it wasn't. It was probably in people's thoughts. How dare this man? Why? Because in those days, everybody knew that if you could forgive sins, you were equating yourself with God. And here's where Jesus is starting to reveal his greatness. Here's where Jesus is starting to reveal who he was, that he was, in fact, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And so he says, listen, I hear, I hear what you're saying inside of you, and I know what you're saying. You're saying that this is, this is wrong, and I shouldn't have done this, and, 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 but I want you to know that I do have the power to forgive sins. And so that you know that I have the power for, to forgive sins, I will turn to this man, and he says, rise, take up your mat, and walk. And that man stands up and begins to walk. See, the miracle is the sign and wonder that the people see. But the actual change took place in this man's heart that you couldn't see. And this, this, I love that this, this, uh, this healing is almost like an afterthought. Because what God is actually after is our hearts. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, I, I, just, I felt so far from God. 
I've been sick in my heart, and and I've been falling farther and further away from him. This morning, I want to challenge you that you can come to Jesus as well, that you can be in his presence, and that he can restore you, and he can make you new, and he can heal you, and he can work in you, because his glory is revealed in restoration. Whatever it is that you're facing today, we serve a God of miracles and we serve the God of the impossible and we serve the God who can heal and save and restore. And His name is Jesus. Our purpose, church, is to care for and bring people to Jesus. That's what we do. You know what that idea does for me? It just takes the weight off of me. Church, it's not our job to save our city. It's not our job to do it. It's Christ in us. It's God who's going to change the city. It's God who's going to change the hearts of men. It's, it's God who's going to change that coworker that you've been trying to witness to for years and you just, you're not sure if it's getting through. You know what you need to do? You just need to keep bringing them to Jesus because he'll set them free. So how do we do this? How do we bring people to Jesus? We're going to reference a little bit of this story as we, as we go into these last very practical things that I want to t- you to take home this morning. I want to give you something with handles that you can take home this morning. All right, you guys with me? Okay, so number one, how do we do it? Number one, we do it in prayer. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 says, I have, stopped thank- I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 says, I urge you, first of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them and intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. How do we do this? How do we bring people to Jesus? We do it in prayer. Very practical, church. You can pray for others and you can bring them to Jesus in your prayers. I remember watching a, a movie um, it was about uh, Mr. Rogers, actually. And in this movie, the, the man who plays Mr. Rogers, it was a, kind of a biopic of his life, um, showed how he would get down every morning and he would pull out a little book with names in it that he would collect throughout the week. And he would carefully and one by one read out the names that were in front of him and he would lift them up to God. Church, can you imagine if we did that? Can you imagine if each one of us just took two or three names every week and just went home and just, 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 just presented them before the Lord? Father, this morning, I just, I pray. I pray, you know, for whoever it is that we're praying for, and we lift them up. I pray for Jasper this morning, you know, God, that you would just encounter him, and I give him to you, Jesus, you know. I pray for Dylan. I pray that he would encounter Jesus this morning, you know. Just, just pray for Brian. You just encounter him this morning. I lift him up to you, Jesus. We bring people to Jesus. Number two, how do we do this? By telling your Jesus story. You know, the, the men that came that day, the four men that came to Jesus, that came to that home, they came, why? Because they had heard the story. They had heard the story. They had heard the testimony. There's a man named Jesus, and this is what he did for me. Maybe some of them saw it. Maybe some of them encountered it themselves. But, they, but at least a few of them, it's likely, had not seen or not heard until somebody came and told them. Your testimony, your Jesus story has power. 
Revelations 12, verse 11 says, And they defeated him, that being the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as they were afraid to die. We overcome him by our testimony. You say, how do we bring people to Jesus with your Jesus stories? Can I just tell you, the older I get, the more these just kind of pop out as I'm talking to people. And I'll just be talking to somebody. I was talking to somebody the other day in the business world. He was a guy that, you know, wasn't even attached to the church at all. And we're just talking, and, and he starts asking me, so what, what, what are you up to right now? And I just kind of shared with him what had happened here at the church. He goes, well, tell me about that. And next thing you know, all I can do is tell him about Jesus. Well, we follow Jesus, and we believe that's a rational and reasonable belief system, and we base our lives on that, and we follow him because he can set us free. Set us free from what? From everything that you think that you need in life. Because actually, it's really only him. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The friends would not have come and pushed so hard without a compelling story. And your story of how Jesus has changed you is a compelling story. We care for and bring people to Jesus. Everybody's quiet. You guys with me? We're doing good. I only got four more. You guys are awesome. Number three, by preaching the gospel. Colossians, 1 Colossians, uh, or Corinthians, pardon me, 1.18, 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We preach the gospel. I'll never forget sitting with Reinhard Bonnke in Germany, the great evangelist, as he stood, sat with us at the boardroom table, and he looked at us all in the eye, and he says, young people, at the time I was young, er, and he says, young people, He says, the preaching of the gospel is the most powerful weapon, he talks like this, we have against the kingdom of darkness. The message of the gospel is power and life. The message of the fact that we have all fallen short of God's glory and we have sinned and been separated from God and that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus is power. And here's what I've found, church, and I'm, I'm convinced of this. I can study till I'm blue in the face. I can have all the right words to share with people, and I will share those words with people. But at the end of the day, it is not I that saves people. It's Jesus. Our job is to speak it and to, to declare it. In, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. In other words, it's not on us to save people. It is our job to be a light and a beacon for Jesus. To preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. Number four, how do we do this? We can bring them to church. See, in this case, in the story, they brought him literally to the house where Jesus was. The house of the Lord. We can bring people to the house of the Lord. You can bring people into the presence of God. And they can encounter it for themselves. And they can encounter Jesus here. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am also in their midst. Matthew 18, verse 20. Oh, I love this one. Psalm 84, we read this morning. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Selah. Amen. Where two or three are gathered, he is in their midst. How do we bring people to Jesus? 
you can bring them to church. Number five, through kindness and hospitality. Romans 2 verse 4 says, Don't you see how wonderful and kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sins? Church, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And as his representatives, we can show that love and kindness to people around us in the world. The Bible says, so, so let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Church, we need to be so full of his presence. We need to be so full of Jesus that it pops out of everything that we do. We shine the light for Jesus. And number six, and I'm done. We do it by faith. We do it by faith. We live a life of faith. It gives honor to his name. You know what that looks like practically? You're already doing it. You showed up this morning. You came here this morning. That's a sign to yourself and to the people around you and the people in this community that there is indeed a God who saves. And we give witness to it by being here together as the body of Christ. By your faith. I love how it says in that story that Jesus was impressed with their faith. Do you notice that? Not the paralytic's faith, but with their faith. Do you know that by your faith, others around you can be drawn in to encounter the life-giving presence of Jesus? That they too can be saved and redeemed and restored as God can heal the whole person. Just really practically, what does this look like for me? Um, I've been in so many situations where I've been talking to people and I don't have any answers for them. I can remember one time there was this young man I was driving home from work with and and we stopped, and, and he started sharing with me how he was breaking up with his girlfriend, and he was just depressed, and he was like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. And, and he, he wasn't a believer at all. And, and I'm sitting there listening to him, and I don't have any wise words. I don't have any comforting words. I, don't, I can't just give him direction and say, you should do this. I didn't know what to do. And so I looked at him, and I said, you know what? I don't know what to do for you, and I'm, I'm so sorry that you're going for, through this, but would you mind if I just prayed for you? And he says, yeah, that'd be awesome. And so I just laid my hand over on him, and I just prayed over him. And I just invited the presence of Jesus to come into that car and bring him a peace that passes understanding. And do you know what happened? He broke down crying as the Spirit of God filled that vehicle. And I can tell you story after story after story. Church, you don't have to know all the right things to say. You don't have to know the right things to do. What you do have to do is you bring people to Jesus. He saves. He restores. He sets an order. He brings hope. He brings life. And we live a life of faith. Amen? I'm going to invite Jasper to come on up now. And he's going to grab a guitar And we're just going to conclude this message. We're going to land this plane.
So did you catch it this morning? Church, our purpose is to care for and bring people to Jesus. Church, our purpose is to care for and to bring people to Jesus. Let me tell you something right now. I can't, but he can. You can't, but he can. And the Bible tells us that it's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. And church, when people start to ask me, what do you see for the future of life, church? Where do you see us going? What do you see happening in the future? What's going to happen two years from now? What's this change that you're talking about five years from now? <laughs> you know what? I don't know. But here's what I do know. We're going to be following Jesus. And where he is is life. And where he is, is hope. And where he is, is miraculous healing. And where he is, is restoration. And where he is, is health for the whole person. Church, what are we doing? We are going after Jesus. We are here to care for and bring people to him. Amen? So this week, I want you to take that word and I want you to carry that in your heart. When you encounter someone who, um, you know, is, is obviously far from God, just remember that you don't have to have all the answers, but you know the one who does. And you too can bring people to him. Amen? We're going to pray for that this morning. Before we do that, I was wondering, I don't know, we always want to make room for this. If there's anybody here this morning who has never received Jesus into your heart, and you say this morning, Matt, I want to know this, this peace and this wholeness that you're talking about. I, I've been feeling that there's a hole in my heart and I've been so far from God. And I want to know this, God, that you're talking about. I want to know this Jesus for myself. Because here's, here's what the Bible tells us is that we're all in the same boat. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't stand here today because I'm so great. <laughs> I stand here today as a sign of God's grace. See, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in the same boat. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, which is separation from God. But then it says this, that God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, he took the penalty of death from us that now by faith in him we too can walk in newness of life and we can be saved for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life that's the free gift of salvation and it's for you today and if you would like to see receive that gift this morning if you would like to know this God and you'd like to make a step towards him then I'm just going to ask everybody here just to bow your heads for just a moment. We're just going to take a moment. We always want to make room for this. And if you say, Matt, I, I want to receive Jesus today. I want to be set free from my sins. And I want to know that healing power that you talked about earlier. If that's you today, wherever you are, would you just raise your hand? Is there anybody here? We always want to make room. No eyes looking around, just for a moment. We always want to make room. 
because you're worth it. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't we just close in prayer this morning? Then we're actually going to move into a time of communion and response. Um, and so I'm just going to go ahead and pray for you. I'm going to invite my wife to come on up. And let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are good and you are God. We thank you that we can rely on you and we can hope in you and we can trust in you, Lord Jesus. We thank you this morning for your presence, that in your presence there is fullness of joy. And we thank you for the finished work of Jesus Christ. We thank you this morning that we are the body of Christ and that we have the opportunity this morning to glorify you and represent you. And we pray this, more, this week, Lord God, that you would help us to encounter your presence. Lord, we pray that you would help us to encounter you, Lord Jesus, and to look around for others that need to encounter you, Lord God. We pray that you would help us to be uh, a salt and light in the world around us. And we pray, Lord God, that you would give us the strength to represent you well to the world. We thank you for that now in Jesus' name. For, the, for everyone under the sound of my voice this morning, just a blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, church. Amen. If we could just have those that are serving communion this morning come forward. And uh, we're going to serve you the elements this morning. We're going to take a few moments to respond and worship in communion. special ones. So you peel off the top first, and then you pull out the wafer. These are COVID-friendly communion cups. And, um, and then you peel off the second layer to get to the drink. We're just going to wait till they're all handed out, and then we're going to read um, from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. What's going to happen is just wait to eat them. If you haven't, that's okay. It's all good. I didn't explain it. Let's wait. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to read the scripture. Then we're going to pray for the elements. We're going to start with the bread. And then we're going to go to the, the, the juice, or the, the representation of the blood of Christ. And, and then we're going to do that together. If you've already done it, don't worry about it. It's all good. There's so much grace. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we just thank you. 
sacrifice of your body. Jesus, you suffered and you died a criminal's death so that we could have life today in this place, in this time, in this year because of what you did so long ago. And we come and we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. Thank you that because of what you did, we have life forevermore, abundant life. We are forgiven. We are clean. We are whole. The goodness and kindness of our Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice of your body. In Jesus' name, amen. You can eat the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your blood that was shed for us. For the remission of sins, Lord God. And we thank you this morning, Lord God, that we can be cleansed by your blood. Your word says that we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And this morning, we thank you for that sacrifice, Lord Jesus. We remember it, as many have throughout uh, the, the centuries, Lord God. We join together in remembrance of your sacrifice. And we're so grateful for this morning for it, Lord God. We put our hope in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. you want to just maybe put your cups underneath you or we can grab them later get them that way Colleen's grabbing them thank you awesome well amen church amen not a terrible first Sunday hey God is good God is good. Amen. Well, this morning, as we close, as we always do, we want to give you some announcements about things that are coming up for all those online, for those who are here in person. And Tanya Jansen, you're going to kick that off. All right. Well, we want to first and foremost let everyone know that there is a kids' ministry meeting happening directly following the service. And so if you are currently a volunteer or a teacher or anyone that is, does anything in our kids' ministry, we would love for you to be there. Lunch is provided. We'll have a meeting after the service in the back room there. So you can access it through there. Also, if you would like to be a part of our kids' ministry, we need you. We want you. And so if you have any um, desire to help out, Jessica has very eloquently like explained over the couple of weeks of what we need and what we could use. You don't have to teach a whole lesson if that's super intimidating to you, but maybe you just want to come and serve or be a helper or just play with the little ones in a nursery. Um, there's so many different ways that we can use you in kids' ministry, and it is such an important ministry. This is the next generation. We want to show them the love of Jesus. We want to bring our children to Jesus, right? We want to bring our kids. So if you have a desire to even help out in kids' ministry and you've never done it before, we would love you to come to that meeting too. So it's directly after the service through those doors. If you want to talk to Jessica, wave your hand. If you have any questions, you can go to her or us either too. You mentioned that there's free lunch. Free lunch. 
if that gets anybody excited, it's there. That gets me excited, so I'm the food guy, so whatever. Okay, uh, next thing. Oh, this is awesome, you guys. We're going to introduce you to somebody very, very special. Uh, we are very pleased at Life Church to welcome onto our church staff, Tracy Mothy. Would you please stand for a moment? And, and, and Dag, would you stand as well? Um, Tracy and Dag are going to be joining our church, and Tracy's actually going to be our financial administrator. So let's give her a hand. Woo! You guys, it's huge. That is huge. We've known Tracy Degg for a very long time. They are faithful men and women of God, and we're so grateful and blessed to have you as a part of our church family. Thank you for being here with us. It's so exciting. Look what God's doing. Come on. This is great. Um, also, Wednesday Night Connect. You guys, we didn't do it last week. This week, we will be doing a live connect on YouTube. For those of you who are not a part of our family, every Wednesday night since COVID has started, uh, we've been doing a connection uh, with our church online. It's been a great time to just, you know, connect, hear a great word, be encouraged. So you're welcome to join us this Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. It's going to be Pastors Mike and Ev. They're going to be back from Montreal, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear some stories about poutine. Pastor Mike and Ev, you're watching. We miss you guys. But yes, they'll have a lot of great content to, on 8 o'clock on this Wednesday night on our YouTube channel. Also, life groups yeah. are starting Wednesday, October 13th, which is two weeks away. Barely, yeah, two weeks away. And any information that you would like is on the front table there. We have actually sign-up sheets. You can see there's some men's group, there's women's group, there is groups on Zoom. In case you don't feel really comfortable doing a small group right now because of COVID, well, we have Zoom options for you. We have, um, there is five or so, but go check out on the front table. It shows the leader, it shows what the topic is that they're going to be doing, and you can sign your name up, name up right away. It's going to be for six weeks. We're going to do six weeks just before Christmas season starts. So we thought it's a great time to start, middle of October till the end of November, and then we'll launch some more again in the new year. So it is great. We're super excited about launching small groups. So take a look on your way out and sign up because community happens in the small groups. It's so special what happens there. Next baptism coming up October the 24th. We already have a number of people that have signed up. If you are interested in getting baptized, you can email us at office at lifechurchwr.com or you can come talk to myself or Pastors Mike and Ev uh, when they're back next week. So um, that's coming up as well. Um, we'll get there. All right, this Friday night, youth. We've been meeting at our Life Center. We are two weeks in again after we took a little break after summer, and uh, we are having a blast. So at our Life Center, that is ages grade 6 to grade 12, and we are having a blast. Friday night, 7 to 8.30, we are learning about our identity, who we are in Christ. Of course, we play ridiculously fun games and make a mess and eat food that you shouldn't eat. And Denise teaching our next generation how to eat healthy. So I bought fruit, Denise, for our kids here. But with candy too, because you gotta like have fun. And finally, volunteers, we need you. If you're new here, you're like, how can I get involved? Well, I'll tell you one way you can get involved immediately after the service is helping us to stack the chairs because we have to take this whole place down after the service. Um, we also have many other needs. We, we're looking for people for the worship team. We're looking for people for kids ministry. We're looking for people for greeters. Our AV team. Our Can we give the AV team a hand back there? Come on. Our faithful AV team. We're raising up the next generation back there. Um, my son and Ethan are back there. That's awesome. And um, so, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, so you can get involved there as well. We're always looking for volunteers there. 
and there's always ways to get involved in the church. We love to volunteer church because it's an opportunity to worship Jesus in a different way. And so we'd love you to be involved. You can come talk to me after the service if you're interested in getting involved. And finally, giving. This is another way that we get to worship church is by giving. And of course, back before COVID, we used to pass around buckets and we used to do that. We're not doing that right now uh, just to try and keep it more COVID friendly. But there are great ways that you can give, many ways that you can give. You can give at the front desk. Uh, we should have a machine there where you can give on debit. You can give via e-transfer. That's my favorite way to give, by sending an e-transfer to office at lifechurchwr.com. You can give through our website. There's a link there where you can go ahead and give online. And you can also just, the old-fashioned way, you can drop off a check at the church or leave one here with our administrator as well. Um, and that is it. That's it, church. May the blessing of God go with you in everything that you do, and may we bring people to Jesus wherever we go. Amen? Amen. Be blessed. That one more thing. If you are able to help us stack chairs and take away, um, we, we, um, we only have two helpers today, so they could really use some help. We're stacking. Matt's going to just know the directions of how many to stack high. But actually, Steve Cohen can tell you too. But if you are strong and able and you can give a few minutes of your time after to help stack chairs and put them away, that'd be awesome. Seven high with arms, eight without. Sing it out. Oh. The song of Thanksgiving is my battle.